0: Hello and welcome back to Not So Silent Reading. It's been a while. Hi, Katie. Hi, Shar. Happy mm-hmm. season two. <laughs> season two. That's what we're calling it.
1: <laughs> sure is. It's a rebrand. <laughs> um,
0: and fresh. We're, yeah, we're focusing on well, at least the first one. Um, and I think we'll try to keep this, but focusing on some self-growth books slash like productivity slash I don't know like self-improvement I don't know I'm going to kind of bucket them all in that category yeah
1: we're trying to steer clear of the label self-help because we think that that has not is not quite the angle we're looking at but um what are the tools and resources out in the world for uh, how to be a person in a time that feels kind of hard to be a person
0: exactly and kind of like I feel like there's just so much like thrown out there of like you know do this and it'll help or read this and it will help and um I've been kind of like reading all these books and I'm like you know which one of these actually like are helpful and which is kind of like just a little bit more of the same um so we're trying to like parse through what's helpful and what's not um and hopefully keep it light and funny
1: yeah yeah And maybe this will just be our perspective of what's helpful and what's not. And maybe depending on the day, nothing is helpful because the world is a hellscape or it solved all of our problems. So uh, we reserve the right to swing wildly.
0: (laughs) Yes. And every day is, um, it'll be a different feeling or even within the same hour, same conversation, we could feel very diametrically opposed things. That's okay too. Um, It it varies from moment to moment. We're all just hanging on. by a thread. Um, one green smoothie at a time, (laughs) just barely hanging on. Um, so today we're talking about burnout, um, by Emily Nagoski Nagoski. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name and her sister, Amelia. Do you know the correct pronunciation?
1: I believe I heard it as Nagoski and I would not die on that hill I, I I'm not confident in that but I thought that that was what I heard them pronounce it as um but yeah and they are a little uh or uh <laughs> for those ladies uh, of a certain age maybe I'm actually maybe not ladies of a certain age but Emily Nagoski wrote a very well-received book called Come As You Are which is which I, I also have her <laughs> I mean they're an they're incredible good. It is both an incredible title and an incredible cover art image um, for a book about women's sexual um, health and uh, experience really. Um, and she kind of in that book debunks the idea of um, women's sexual sexuality being kind of the inverse of men or like opposite, similar to men, but like male is the norm. And then here's how kind of women do it a little bit different. She kind of debunks all of that. Um, and in that book, she had a chapter about um you know, kind of about like stressors and like, um, she calls them accelerators and breaks and like the stressors that we feel in intimate experiences can kind of cause us to pump our brakes. Um, and so she talked about kind of the psychology behind the way that like the stress in those, you, how to address the stress in our intimate experiences so you can have like a healthy and fulfilling sex life. And she had a chapter about that in there. And so she goes on this book tour. Sorry, I'm just like gonna go jump into this like story. I've heard her tell to kind of explain how burnout came to be. Um, and so she goes on book tour, to a real, to, uh, book tour proud of this like incredibly compelling work of like scientific research and like studies and expertise that she brought about like women's sexuality In every q a on book tour people asked about completing the stress cycle and the chapter she had in come as you are about completing the stress cycle and so burnout was her way to kind of like fully like develop those ideas and kind of address them um, along with her sister who is a music compo- not a composer but she is a conductor Um, and she is like one of very few women who I think has a PhD in a type of music conducting you know what this is not the most well-researched intro and that's fine (laughs) we're doing our best yeah listen that was a compelling story arc details you would forget them anyway I just saved us all the brain space keep it we'll keep it moving (laughs) but well
0: so yeah, it's, I mean, the book, so okay, I had read Come As You Are before I read Burnout. Um, and in full disclosure, I read Burnout. I started last year and I probably got about halfway through and burned out in January and then <laughs> picked it back up <laughs> like this past week when we um, decided to do this book. And I honestly, I finished it today. I like kind of sped read or not sped read. I like just kind of sat down and finished the book today. So um. there's parts I like it's funny I had made notes last year when I was like writing or like reading the first half and it was funny to go back today and see what I had written like I had written in certain pages like yes exclamation point like <laughs> I totally agree <laughs> <laughs> like I was so enthusiastic so that was kind of fun um, yeah <laughs> we can talk about those parts but uh, yeah I don't know what's your kind of main take or your thoughts on the book or where do you want to start?
1: um, Yeah. So I will say in knowing who I am at the point that I read this, I was working on some um, burnout stuff like for work for my company at my company. Um, And so I'd read this book um, in the winter of 2020, our first pandemic winter um, when stress was high and burnout was high um, where I was certainly one of, I think, many people who was like, I cannot control the world. But now that I'm suddenly finding myself working from home and then I have nothing to do outside of work, but to, to kind of sit in my existential dread, I will just work more. And so I was just kind of burning my candle at both ends. And I was like, I... I can't do anything to solve a pandemic or anything like that, but I can write up this document or make this presentation or volunteer for this thing and take on all these extra things to feel productive and of service as a way for me to cope with my own anxiety about um, a pretty, you know, tough season that we were living through. And so I knew about myself. Um, I was not having an easy time finding time to sit down and read uh, because I felt like time sitting down and reading just like, wasn't again, like matching my anxiety energy level. So I did the book on tape and I was like, cool, I'll have to go for a walk to listen to this podcast. Um, and that is the thing I know helps me. And so my biggest takeaway was like, that was like a way for me to kind of know myself that like, I knew at that point that going for a walk and getting out of my little space was a useful tool for me. And this book was a really good way for me to understand why that was working the way it was. So I found this book super helpful, um, in a lot of ways, but like really just practically, it made me understand what was happening in my own brain and body. Um, and I was a big fan.
0: Well, that kind of, um, is a, is a little meta because I, my favorite quote, I guess this is jumping ahead, but the part that I like the best, and I guess that is also kind of in come as you are, but is about the completing the stress cycle, which they talk about. And one of the things they, um, say is like when your body is basically stressed out or like under duress for long periods of time, um, you kind of main, you remain kind of stuck in this period of crisis, which like can exacerbate health problems, you know, anxiety, all sorts of things. Um, and it's what creates burnout, but they say that you, what you want to do is try to complete the stress cycle. So do things to like, you know, maybe way back in the day, we were stressed out by a lion today. We don't really face lions in our day-to-day stresses, but other things causes stress like work or, you know, social interactions or whatever. And so, but there's no, like, we're not like running away from a lion anymore, which was a way to, like before it's like you had a line, you ran away from the line, you survived hopefully. And then you like, okay, now I can like de-stress because I'm not facing a threat anymore. And now we're just kind of in this permeate, like there's no, that doesn't happen in the like modern day interactions that we have. And so she talks about like, how can you do things like physical activity, which will help your body base and mind calm down and kind of like get comfortable that there's no longer like you're no longer facing a threat right and kind of go back to your normal levels. And so it's funny that you're like walking when you're listening to the book cuz that's exactly what they would probably tell you to to you to, to do. They would be and so proud. For me the most and I'll read the quote cuz I think I mean basically it just says physical activity is the single most efficient strategy for completing the stress response cycle. Um And a lot of this is like things that I think we already kind of know as common sense of like, oh, exercise is good or getting outside is good. But like, it really, it really actually like honed in on like why it's good for you. And, um, you know, it's not only physical activity. There's other things they talk about, like breath work, meditation. So having like healthy social interactions, um, with others, things like that, that can help you kind of restore yourself. but. I really thought that that was a good reminder. Um, and I just had COVID recently, which made me be inside for a while with very, I honestly, oh my gosh, I should check my step count because I think it's like five steps for like a week. <laughs> like I'm not actually kidding. I, I Fifth did not is doing like a
1: wellness check on you. Like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like I mean, I, I don't think I like left the house in, oh my God. Okay. Can you see this? It's like, there aren't steps. <laughs> I took 94 steps between December 6th and 12th. Like, that's not normal. Anyways, oh, um, then I was feeling really like sad, kind of like depressed after I got COVID and was like struggling to kind of get back in the routine. And now reading the book, I'm like, oh, duh. Cause like literally didn't see anyone, was by myself isolated so no social interaction and then also didn't do any kind of physical activity and like that really sent me into a spiral so it was a good reminder that like those things are important and there's a reason why people tell us to do them
1: yeah totally um the other piece that they talk about in this book that I also thought was very good I think for 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 me, but I'm sure like many other women would also um, identify or recognize this in themselves too. But even like as I was talking about, like let me take on all these other things because I can't solve a big problem. So if I can solve all these little problems, then I am adding value in some way. Um, and in the book, they call that like human giver syndrome. Um, and like human giver syndrome is often like a way that um individuals are expected to like devote their like their time and like attention um and sometimes even bodies to others um and like that is like particularly how women are conditioned and socialized to do that um and the role that like women are kind of expected to bear all this like again the pandemic really highlighted america runs on women not on duncan although we are (laughs) Duncan on women um over and over again um (laughs) I'm sorry. <laughs> but it is just like a, How long has that been waiting? Did that just come to you? Or have you been waiting to, to say that? No. I wish. I wish that was like Lovers. my catchphrase. <laughs> um and like the ways in which, you know, I think a lot about Uh, like, weaponized incompetence and, like, men who are, like, oh, I don't, or not even just men, but also, like, generational, like, plenty of people who are just, like, I don't know how to do this, so I'm not going to do it, so you're going to do it. Um, It's easier for you to just do it than to teach me how to do It's, like, also kind of an undercurrent in all of this, Um, and so there is uh, the added stress of burnout is, like, when you're not just, like, participating and taking care of all these, like, roles in your professional life, but, like, you're also doing all this emotional and, like, intellectual and, like, planning labor in your home life and, like, how it kind of magnifies over and over again um, all of the little ways in which that, like, women are doing the heavy lifting um, in home and at work and that it's just – too much it becomes too much and so a way to kind of combat human giver syndrome is like they talk about like finding meaning and like that's a way to kind of like if you are working towards something kind of bigger than yourself it's a way for you to prioritize the thing you want to be working towards rather than being kind of weighed down by like societal and like relationship and like labor expectations Um, and i enjoyed that process too because my default is let me prove that i am of value by showing you my value. Um, and then I'm therefore like worthy of like also care and attention, but only once I've earned it through my labor, which is not correct. I don't know a man who thinks that way. So,
0: well, I think this book is very affirming in that way where like, it's kind of when you've, I've had so many conversations with friends, um, you know, women, friends who like talk about this, just general, like existential, like it's really hard to define and you feel really guilty articulating it because it feels like oh i shouldn't be complaining i shouldn't be you know i should, should, should like people there are people out there who have it a lot less or who are a lot less well off or have you know diff- you know not as many opportunities and so i think um it's like oh there's like a lot of shame about even talking about it and then mm-hmm. when you talk about it it's like well yeah it, everyone kind of knows like life's hard for everyone so then it's like well you know maybe I shouldn't complain or talk about it because it's just not really helpful and but like then I look at I know off the top of my head I mean just probably close to 10 friends that have all burned out and actually had to take off significant amount of time off work and mm-hmm. um, you know I myself had I think a career burnout in retrospect at a, at a previous role and um for a variety of reasons that you know like the, i guess i don't know i feel like i'm not really making an interesting point no, here I, I guess the point is like this book like really for me at least was like oh i'm not crazy like there is there is something going on in the in our society mm-hmm. that is affecting like many many people Um, and whether you call it burnout, whether you call it like, I mean, you could call it a host of different things, like, but there's like this pressure that I don't know that we face in modern, I don't know, maybe burnout has existed before, but maybe we just know how to articulate it now. But, um, it it really is everywhere. Um, Mm
1: -hmm. I think it's like, it also is taking a different shape now. It's like, you know, women couldn't vote before. And like, you know, it took a long time for like women, American women to get the vote, uh, you know, across decades, like, you know, white women got it in the uh, 1918, I think, and um, black women didn't get it until the 60s. I think indigenous women didn't get it until uh, the 70s, maybe even the 80s. So like, you know, it's been the the story arc of women has been very different over the last century. Um, And so if we think about our perspective, particular version of burnout is very different. But again, to that point, it's like, I don't have it worse than like women who are battling for like suffrage or civil rights. I'm just saying in the environment I'm in now, I am not being set up for success and neither is are most women I know. Um, And we're also being lied to about it. So we can't kind of address, like, you can't fix something that you don't know is broken um, or aren't acknowledging is broken. And we were fed lean in, like, that was a feminist manifesto. No,
0: don't get me started. Right? Sorry. I I didn't, I actually should say I didn't read the book, but no. I had take issue with the premise because yeah, I actually yeah. think women lean in a lot. They lean mm-hmm. in a lot. I have seen it. What happens though, is like, when you lean in, you get Um, you get punished for speaking out or for pushing forward or, or you just get exhausted because you keep trying and trying and trying, but no one Mm -hmm. like gives you what you deserve. Mm -hmm. And so people give up. It's like that learned help. They talk about it in the book, learned helplessness. I think that that's the thing. So I, I take issue with like, Oh, you just lean in. It's like, no, I see a lot of people lean in all the time. And this isn't just women it's men too, but like, great people lean in. It's just that they don't necessarily get the, like, just reward on the other side. Anyway, sorry. No,
1: that was, was like, my exact point is, like, I feel like burnout is the antidote to lean in, where it's, like, no, 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 it's not individual solutions to systemic problems. It is a systemic problem that we are seeing in all of these different Mm ways, um, because, you know. How And it's like sitcom dads and like, you know, we're seeing it more like, I mean, I don't know what corner of TikTok anyone else is on, but I'm seeing it more in my like TikTok algorithm of like, it's not like these husbands of like, you know, well-meaning, probably lovely men who are like, I will do what my wife tells me to do, but I don't know what to do unless she tells me. It's like, sir, that is your home you don't know what to do. You don't know where the trash bags are. You don't know how to take out the trash. You couldn't write the meal plan. Like you can't do the grocery shopping. You don't know what brand to buy. Like get out of here. Like there is like a, there is, I think in in many ways, it's a product of how the patriarchy has taught us to be a value to men and to get a worthy partner. We have to do all these things. And that, that is our role. And so we then entered the workplace in a way, but we didn't release the home or rebalance the home labor, um, and the home economics and division of like partnership stuff. So I think that we ended up carrying all of it. And we're expected to, and we're absolutely expected to and there's no support mechanisms for how that shows up. And so burnout feels to me like a really natural end point for us. Um, and that, you know, self care was a capitalist response to this, um, buy a face mask, that'll fix this, (laughs) um, try this great yoga retreat, do a juice cleanse, like, none of those are, again, gonna, like, address the root issues of what's going on, and neither, neither will taking a walk, but one of the ways that we understand, like, I think, or one of the things I understood from this book was that if I can name the things that I know I need to kind of keep my baseline where it needs to be, um, Energy-wise, or you know, functioning like to avoid burnout, um, then like I can prioritize that differently, and I can say like, oh no, like I can't do X, Y, and Z. Like I've got, I've got to do the things that I know I need to do to take care of myself, Um, and what that has looked like, and like for me, for someone who is like living alone, like single. Like if I had dinner plans with friends and I am feeling a lot of anxiety, I will often say, you want to go for a walk and like get a quick bite, like somewhere along the way, rather than like a sit down, like just feeling like I got to move a little bit. And like, usually that is like well-received um, or I could walk to the restaurant. Can we go somewhere a little farther away and I'm going to walk so I can kind of get myself there in the headspace. I need to, whatever, all of those things. Or e-bikes. Way- yeah. <laughs> e bike for life. <laughs> Uh, micromobility is the way of the future. (laughs) Um, but again, like finding these like ways to prevent myself, it's like, like, it's like getting hangry for me where it's like, I could be like a little bit peckish and then starting to get hungry. But as soon as I tilt into hangry, I am a monster until I get food in my body. (laughs) And I feel like burnout's the same way where like, oh, I'm a little depleted. Like I should have a restful weekend. (laughs) And then to the point where it's like, oh no, like I'm getting to like a critical point where like, I think I need to really take some time to kind of like get myself back on track. And then you get into burnout where it's like, I am paralyzed by how exhausted and taxed I am that I cannot even start to like map my way out of this yet. Um, and I think that's like the point, like to the, to the women, you know, and like how I have felt when like burnout comes for me, which she has, um, it, it is paralyzing. Um, and so all these little ways to prevent myself from getting that far are useful tools in my tool belt.
0: Well, and that's an interesting, cause I did want to ask, like, what are the things that you do to try to help prevent, like, what are tangible things we can share, um, with however many reader readers, however many listeners <laughs> are out there. Um, but because I think it's like, if I have a couple of not critiques of the book but take or things that I maybe didn't hit as much for me one is I would have liked maybe a little bit more on the like okay so how do you actually like action and I guess they do provide that in certain parts but a little bit more tangible like okay these are things you can actually do um, in a day-to-day way like um, I don't know that can help although they're yeah, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong because they do they do kind of share that. But um for me it's like exercise is like super important. Like I forgot that I knew that about myself during COVID and I'm like, oh, why do I feel so like shitty all the time? Oh, maybe it's because I have not literally walked more than five steps a day. Mm-hmm. And um like other things like you know, seeing friends, I think that's been a really tough one during COVID, especially like when a lot of things are virtual. Um mm-hmm but another like helpful thing i've tried to we were talking about this before the pod but i for the last two days so you know yay me i've tried to do like restorative yoga to like i don't know some instagram ad i got about how your emotional trauma is stored in your hips and if you like loosen your hips you'll
1: like
0: be cured i don't know
1: Chris Jenner works hard but the algorithm works harder (laughs) yeah So they found me obviously. Uh Um,
0: And I, so I was like doing yoga for, so I'm like, okay, maybe I can work that into like my thing. But then I, my problem is then I get like overly like happy or like I get so excited about a new thing. So then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to meditate. I had like a reminder every day in my phone to like drink all these glasses of water and like walk 10,000 steps a day. And I'm going to meditate and I'm going to go to the gym. And then I start feeling like, crushing anxiety about all the things that I'm not doing that I should be doing that are Mm -hmm. supposed to be quote unquote healthy. Um, so then it kind of like compounds and I don't know how to like I don't know, find the happy medium or. Yeah.
1: Well, that's like a perfect lead in because they also talk about like the bikini industrial complex where it's this like idea that like women also have like societal pressure to like conform to a certain body type and like, um, you know, physical expectations for like how we should look, act, dress, makeup, hair, all of those things, which is also adding to like the labor of what it means to be an acceptable woman in society. And so like, I think that similar to like your point, like one of the things that was really useful for me was one, um, redefining my relationship with like what exercise and workouts meant. And like, I think for a long time, um, of, of a generation of youth who grew up with low rise jeans and fashion and an apple shape. Why are type, they coming back by the way? because Who, the, who decided? Listen, we <laughs> figured out mom jeans for you. Gen Z <laughs> trust us. <laughs> you know what's the worst
0: is that, have you seen the ones where there's like holes? in the, in the, like, I got to find a photo Listen, and I'll the share transition
1: you. to me being my mother is full <laughs> because who's paying for jeans with holes in them anymore. <laughs> They're like underneath
0: the waistband. There's like two holes for like your hips to pop out of. I'm like, who
1: wants that? Who- I'm not confident. I even have bones in my hip. It is a peanut butter filling around these parts. And that is fine. That is the body that I am blessing this world with. <laughs> uh, Yeah. It's bonkers. Yeah. (laughs) So like thinking like and I think because of a lot of like the era in which like I grew up and like the the models of femininity and women that I had were all very much straight sized petite, like whatever, f- f- conventionally thin and beautiful women um, that I always kind of associate exercise as like trying to change my body and like trying to like balance out like, oh, calories in calories out and like, oh, I should be in a calorie deficit and like, oh, I got to get this work in to like earn this treat. That was like normalized kind of diet culture conversations like in my household and like just deeply in my head. And so for me, like a useful, actually active transition was like my my walks are for my brain they are not for my body (laughs) um like hot girl walk season i'm all about like get hot girl walks every day all day like it's just like a little out put on a little outfit put on a little sunscreen go out for a stroll um my rule for myself is I only have to walk for 15 minutes and like once I'm out there I'll stay out there for an hour but like getting out the door is the hard part. And like, if I'm like, uh, if you know what, if I only want to do 15 minutes, that's enough. That gets me like sunshine that gets me fresh air. And then like, I can figure out where to go from there for the rest of the day. But then usually once I'm out, I'll go a little longer. I'll like route myself to a coffee shop. Like all of that kind of like lends itself to putting a little pep in my step. Um, so that, that change I think was really useful because otherwise I would fall into that same kind of like slippery slope of, um, I have to have like my athletic greens in the morning and like, I have to be like X amount of grams of protein and I got to do this kind of a run. And then every third day, I'm going to do this kind of a strength workout, but I should also do active rest. And then I also have to do my job and I also have to make time for friends. And then I all, it just is very easy to suddenly do all add all these things on and your effort to address burnout and exhaustion has you doing a bunch more things, but without fueling your body to do those things, I can't do all those things in a calorie deficit no, thank you. It's winter. I'm hibernating. (laughs)
0: Also, it's just like, I mean, it's just mentally taxing to think, have that in your head at all times. And then, you know, um, thinking about like, when I like, you know, I got married earlier this year and was like doing a lot of the like beauty prep I, I was kind of like, okay, there's things I'm gonna try because I like, why not now, right? For the wedding, you did
1: your own makeup for the wedding, so you had you were teaching yourself to fish.
0: <laughs> I was teaching myself to fish, but like you know, it was like, okay, eyebrows, and I don't think I went that crazy, but it was just like eyebrows, get nails done, you know, wax, like hair, but like that shit takes fucking time. Like I was exhaust I was like, this is like so many hours, and then not to mention money. Like I'm just like, who can upkeep this all the time? Although I will say that I know it's this is in direct contrast to what I just said, but I really am into um, another podcast that I follow, The Deep Dive, which I'm a oh, devotee yeah. and fan of, as as Katie knows and is a fan of also. but
1: Shout out to June, Diane, and Jessica. I know,
0: Jessica <laughs> my, my adults, But they talk about like working from the outside in and how sometimes that can be helpful and not in a like, we're going to beat ourselves up about how we look, but just like a like go get your nails done or maybe go get your eyebrows done. And like, it'll put a little pep in your step. Sometimes when you can't find that in your, within yourself first. Mm-hmm. And I got my nails in today. Cause I was like, fuck it. I want some red sparkly shit on my hands. It's Christmas gold sparkle. time. <laughs> I know you've got gold sparkle. I noticed that. And I was like, Oh, I got to mention that. on the." A- yeah. I was gonna thinking about tips. I've never gotten the long ones. Yeah,
1: I got tips uh because I am a nail biter, as are you. I mean, we yeah, have this we're in both. common. Yeah. Um and so I this is my illusion to look like I'm an adult woman who doesn't bite her nails. <laughs> Spoiler, I'm not. <laughs> um, but I think that there's like a difference between labor for external validation and letting someone take care of you and make you feel like you are a priority and like sitting in a salon chair while someone just like rubs your hands or like you know gets the calluses off your feet or just does that little massage in the arch of your foot like while they're getting like yeah it's such a good it really is like I'm like the
0: massage is the best part of a pedicure hands
1: down and you're just like sitting in a massage chair reading your book listening to a pod just kind of like decompressing doing something that is entirely about you and there's nothing else you could be doing at that moment is like the recharge and so like back to burnout like they talk a lot about like rest being like a key part of this and rest doesn't mean like sitting and just like twiddling your thumbs, but rest could be all of the other ways that we recharge and like, um, you know, folding laundry and like maybe like, you know, mopping your kitchen instead of like going for a run is like also a way for you to feel productive, but not like overtax yourself. And so finding those ways. And so I feel like to your exact point where it's like some of those self-care things where it's like, this is just how I could take care of my body and me in this moment. This is forcing me to slow down. Like getting this like manicure, with these like tips and dip or whatever is 45 minutes where I can't touch my phone or look at my phone or have anything else to think about in the world other than Wow. That sparkle is sparkling. <laughs> Love it.
0: <laughs> I, so I will say that when I go get my manicure, I always bring my Kindle and the lady now knows me as like the Kindle woman. Cause she's like, you're always in here reading. Yes. <laughs> she's like, Yeah. Cause it's a time where I can have uninterrupted readings mm-hmm. and it's perfect because you can Kindle, you don't have to flip the page. So you don't get it all messed up with like the right. nail stuff. So.
1: Yeah. Just a little quick tap and you're good to exactly. go. Exactly. Yeah. Um yeah so I think that all of those and like honestly like reading is, is like a really good one like it has been harder for me to just sit and read because so much of like lately has been like I'm just like working from my house and like you know puttering around my house all the time that if I have like downtime I don't really want to just be like sitting and reading in the house but I have started like I love books on tape and so for like my walks like that's like a good way to get me out be like oh I can only listen to this like when I'm on a stroll so like let me get out and see what's going on with the book today like that has been really nice to kind of create these like incentives for myself and now is there's kind of like a return to a more normal like cadence like um and even like when I went to your wedding like I just to post up in a cafe and like read for like two hours and like it was just like not rushed at all and it was like very nice to just like oh cool like there's nothing else I need to be doing I could just kind of enjoy this time um to like you know be back with like characters and books that I'm enjoying and like in it just felt good to be kind of back in that part of my routine um as like a gentle self-care thing
0: yeah I've been trying to focus more on reading at night versus watching tv because I would like after work just like plop in front of the tv Mm -hmm. but I've been having really bad like sleep lately and like insomnia and so I'm trying to like shut down the electronics a little bit earlier and mm-hmm. switch to reading. Um, it hasn't really helped yet, but I will say like, it is nice to read. Um, I don't know that for me is definitely like a big, uh, thing of relaxation and, mm-hmm. um, like res- restoring oneself. Yeah,
1: totally. Um, um,
0: but-
1: Back to your point about like restorative yoga, I really like restorative (laughs) yoga because it's like yoga with props, um, or it's like poses with props and like I think that there's just something like really nice about acknowledging that like, could I do this position without the props like absolutely but by having the prop it allows me to have like a sustained amount of time in a position with like less stress, so I can access like a deeper kind of stretch because it's not putting the same kind of like pressure on myself, whatever. There's just like having that tool. it's like, dude, I don't need it, but I get something more out of having it. And I think that's kind of like a, a microcosm of like all of this is like, I if I could have some props to help shore me up, it allows me to get like a deeper sense of X, Y, or Z. So like uh, to your point about like loneliness and time with friends, like um, I am a a bad tech, like I know that my phone is like a source of anxiety. And so I often have my phone on do not disturb or like away on silent. And that is like fine. And like, I I it's been tough in a pandemic when that's a primary form of communication, but I also like really noticed that like when I'm with people like I can be very like intentional about like I am so excited to spend time with someone like I can feel that like I'm getting more out of it because I'm not being pulled or feeling that anxiety uh, of my phone What like i Is that making sense is like a thing where it's like, yes, setting myself up for success of like, I trained myself to not be as responsive to my phone because I felt like that girl on TikTok who tells you you've been scrolling for too long. I was like, I didn't know the internet could tell me I had interneted too much. (laughs) I was like, now I'm really in trouble. And so like being really mindful of those things.
0: um, I really zaps you in. I've like, (laughs) in a way that the other apps i mean the other apps do too but i don't know there's mm-hmm. something about tiktok that is like like really like hypnotic um mm-hmm. and it's troubling <laughs> but i i today or yeah no earlier today i cut i deleted the apps social media apps off my phone i've gone through phases of this before we'll see how long this one lasts i think i'm just going to try it for the holidays cuz i i feel like it just brings up so much um like competitive anxiety in me that even like subconsciously I think and so mm-hmm. I'm trying it like especially LinkedIn like LinkedIn's a really tough one um I feel like for like oh where, where is my career how am I doing mm-hmm. relative to peers and that really gets in my head which is like not great mm-hmm. um so we'll see but I do think like the phone is yeah a big it's definitely a can be a big source of Anxiety—it's hard because it's like a tool that you realistically like need. Like, we're not going to like go off the grid. If you want to be—I mean, I don't know—maybe some people are able to do it, but for the most of us, like, that's not really like a reality. No. And so, it's like, how do you moderate the use of it so it doesn't become like toxic, but you get the use that you need out of it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. But um, I don't think I found that balance. I think I, I've no, erred yeah. on the side of—I would like to not be as beholden to this device. If I could. Um yeah, I don't it's it's tough. And like one of the things I did do kind of consciously, speaking of like social media too, is like I did a lot of like cleanse of like what what accounts are supporting what I'm trying to do and what aren't and like really, like, unfollow things, like, I started doing, like, a lot of, like, active reporting of ads that I didn't think that were of service, and, like, you know, made sure that, like, I was really clear about, like, no no diet ads, like, no um, cleanses, no tummy wraps, like, all of that stuff, like, really specifically, not because, like, I think I'm super susceptible to it, but I felt like it would just kind of, like, hit me, and then I would, like, logically be okay, like, be able to move on, but, like, I just didn't want that seeping in as, like, a stressor in a pandemic that, like, a bunch of things are already difficult. I don't need to be worried about how to, you know, one magic pill that will have me lose 80 pounds in 30 days.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um definitely I feel like those things can be really or like social media can be really triggering. Um and because a lot of it is like fed through influencers or people that you like or admire mm-hmm. or follow, then it's almost it's not just like some random ad like on the side of a bus or like right. on a billboard. It's like, it's like someone that you like, you know, trust that yeah. is, or that, you know, personally, that is telling you like, Oh, do X, Y, and Z. And um, it feels
1: insidious. Cause they're not often saying like, do X, Y, and Z here's three fun facts. They're often saying, I did this thing and I had these really great results. And like, I'm feeling better than I ever, like it, it's, a, it is a little bit more subtle prime, like priming you for that in the way that I, I hadn't trained myself to expect. So it's been a challenge.
0: So, yeah, I don't know how we solve that. Um, but if anyone else has ideas, (laughs) feel free to share.
1: Yeah. Um, but I think that that kind of like goes back to this idea of like, um, community and like a community being like a part of it where it's like, What I like about social media is seeing and engaging with my own community of, like, um, my friends who, like, you know, I do, like, extracurricular activities with, like, my work friends, like, it's been really nice to, like, see work friends on social media and, like, see their outside of work lives, like, oh, look at these kids, like, look at these, like, things, like, oh, they're from this, like, I don't know, like, it just makes me feel like a strong sense of, like, connection um to a lot of people and again like I've really been careful about who I expand my like network to to and towards and like I keep it tried I try to keep it to like people who like I actually know and if I saw them somewhere I would be excited to see them somewhere like it's not like a the number games of how many you know hundreds of friends do you have compared to somebody else like that's not um where I am in my life at all anymore um so I think that that was like a nice part of, like, curating kind of my feed, but I also know that, like, in the throes of, like, difficult things, I've been able to, like, lean on, like, a really great support community, um, including you, um, especially you, um, and feeling like I've got a couple other people who I'm, like, oh, like, these are the people who they care if something happens to me, and I care if something happens to them, and, like, that is making me feel some t- sense of security that I didn't know I needed. Like, that isolation really is, Scary and like troubling for like a, probably a bunch of anthropological reasons, but like that feeling of connection is like a really strong buoy, I think. It
0: really is. It's um, when like I think we'll look back on COVID in like, I don't know, 50 years, and there will be some like significant, I think, thing like detriments and things that we have lost. And health impacts, not just like the direct health impact of COVID, but like beyond that, like I do really feel like that it forced, I mean, look, some innovation came out of it. Some interesting things happened like, it's not like, you know, it forced change in a lot of ways, whether good or bad, but, um, it really like was, I mean, still is extremely isolating. I mean, if you get it right, like, and you're by yourself, like it, it sucks. You're like, alone and can't really do anything. Um, I mean, I guess if you're sick generally like that tends to happen, but, um, I don't know, there's something particular about COVID that just, uh, has created like a lot of loneliness or, or maybe it just brings it more to the surface. I don't know. Um, but Anyways, I'm um, mm-hmm. <laughs> not that depressing,
1: right? Um, but it, I, I'll I'll tie it back to the book where it's like yeah. uh, they talk about um, like you know burnout is often like a the end result or whatever of stress. Um, but they talk a lot about also like identifying stressors versus stress. Um, and, like, understanding what your stress stressors are so that you can kind of, like, plan against them and, like, prepare for them. So, like, thinking back to your idea about, like, what is some of, like, the specific, like, tools and resources. Like, I think understanding, like, your stressors. And, like, I think you have been very good about this, um, like, throughout our lives. or right? like, particularly our adulthood of, like, knowing what, like, you kind of need to do to kind of find your balance. Um, and I think that that's, like, a useful skill set to have and like we're not really taught that we are kind of like sink or swim have to figure it out and so I think that one of the things for me is like really useful is like um understanding where my stressors are and like how do I how do I set myself up for success like against them um as like a as a long-term strategy for avoiding burnout um it's so like, that's been a useful kind of like framework for me to kind of like plan a routine. Like I'm a routine girly and I enjoy having like a pretty typical routine that I feel good in that's not like overly complex and is repeatable. So um, and that's that's been a huge uh, win and like way for me to kind of like keep myself on an even keel, um, even when there's like a lot of stress
0: yeah I've I it's kind of you to say that I haven't figured out because I don't really feel like I do, but I I guess it's true. It, it this book, I think what was helpful is like it just yeah, brings it back to like a lot of the basics of like get sleep, talk yeah. to friends and family, like eat well, work like exercise in whatever way that makes you feel comfortable, but like move your body. and like generally those things will all kind of help towards feeling a little bit less, um, like exhausted. Um, this is totally, sorry, like my brain's all over the place, but something I wanted to bring up that I had heard in a podcast, which is like, I used to personally always say like, Oh, I'm overwhelmed all the time like I felt overwhelmed. And this one woman I was listening to was like, I don't do the word overwhelmed anymore. She's like, I've stopped saying that word. Like I'm not, next- she's next- underwhelmed, <laughs>
1: but she's, she's never overwhelmed. just
0: overwhelmed <laughs> Is that that's mean girls, right? Oh no. that's things Great movie. Um, can you ever just be whelmed? Um, Gabrielle
1: union stays an icon.
0: <laughs> uh, also, I okay sorry tangent on Gabrielle Union. She I think just turned fifty and looks
1: incredible. No, she's Benjamin Buttoning. She looks oh, the same so. now as she does. In yeah, Tendez I know. About I'm, you. Like looks, I'm like she looks. i like she looks possibly amazing. hotter. She <laughs> might just be hotter now. Yeah, she's Anyways, the best. <laughs> uh,
0: um. So, but I just I liked it because it's like I feel like that word I use it all the time, but it's like not actually helpful because it's like it just makes me feel kind of worse about the situation I'm in. So I'm like okay what is another adjective I can use instead of saying overwhelmed? Like maybe I'm frustrated or I'm tired or whatever. And that has helped a little bit. Cause I just feel like I use that word blanketly and um, it doesn't really help like identify what actually is going on and like how to actually start solving for it. Yeah. Um,
1: no, that's good. Um, One of the things that I have found um, to be a really like useful tool for me, um, or like language thing for me is like, I'm sorry, like I have low bandwidth right now. Um, And that's like, just like a nice way of like saying like, I can't do this thing. And I can't even really name why I can't do it, but I can't do it. And that's on that. Mm -hmm. Like, I got low bandwidth, so sorry, Um, and that is just good for me, like having to not explain why I'm saying no, because I can't often always like articulate it, Um, and it's also like recognizing, oh, I do have low bandwidth right now, like how do I like uh, reassess that to kind of like get it back up Um, as like a linguistic tool that makes me feel like that allows me to protect a boundary, but also identify a problem, Um, and that's useful.
0: Well learning to say no and being better at it I do feel like is a tool to combat burnout because I I feel like it's like when you just start to do to you start saying yes all the time and you don't know how to like set the boundary and like what I've learned at least in the working world is like no one's going to set that boundary for you at work mm-hmm. and that's what I tell people I'm like you have to know how to set that up for yourself but it's very hard to say no like I have I have such trouble saying no I cannot do that Mm -hmm. or not just at work but like or like if like someone asks to hang out or something and like I just know that that's not something I want to participate in I just like agonize over it and like think about it and like I just can't bring myself to say like nope sorry can't attend or can't do that Mm -hmm. and that's I don't know I hope other people are better better at it but um I do think that Maybe saying it in a way that's like I just don't have the bandwidth or I have low bandwidth is a better, easier way of articulating it. But um that's definitely a problem I face.
1: Yeah, same. I mean, I absolutely. Um, and sometimes like to be very clear, it's not always like things I don't want to do that I like am looking for an excuse to get out of. I mean, there are sometimes like you know, sometimes people just invite you and like they feel connected to you that you don't reciprocate and like that is what it is. But there are oftentimes things like I would like to be doing, but I it would cause me a ripple effect of anxiety to figure out how to execute that. And I just have to say, no, I, I have low bandwidth or no thank you, or I'm so sorry, it's not going to work, but, like whatever it is. But like it's not that I don't want to. It's that like they're the thousand behind the scenes things that my brain is spinning out on are so the volume is too high with that where I can't find a path forward. So I can't do it. Thank you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> sorry, no, sorry. Yes. I'm so sorry. I just would be paralyzed for a month and then I'd regret like, it's just, it, it's too many things happening. Um, it's not, it has nothing to do with anybody else. It is entirely like what I am capable of. Um, on any yep, given yep. day, in any different week, in every given, any given month. Um, but I will say when I am backed into a corner or I feel like I am ha- in the moral high ground in some way, I got to say at a meeting this week that I would not be doing something beyond a certain date because I was not being compensated for that work. So it had to sunset and then I just stopped talking and it was incredible.
0: <laughs> a so powerful feeling.
1: It was like- so powerful.
0: Cause yeah, sometimes like, you know, you ram- I ramble on or you're like, you kind of like explain and then you're like, you- then you're like out on some like story about like this, that, and the other thing happened. And this is why I can't do it. And like, it's so powerful to be able to just say no. And then you stop. And I'm like, yeah. wow, I can't silence is golden sometimes, I guess.
1: Yeah. But also like it, the, it- Um, that urge to fill the silence to like prove that you're not doing something wrong or you're not dropping the ball. Here's all the reasons why I had to say no to you because I can't just say no because that's justified. Like I have to give you all of this song and dance about why. Um, But for this particular thing, like the funding had run out for it. There was a deadline. They're like, why is this the deadline? We need more time. And I could just say, no, like I'm not being compensated to do this work. I cannot continue to do this work full stop and then they were just like jaws dropped and I was like I'm gonna journal about this hard tonight
0: (laughs) oh speaking of wait okay journaling yeah I've always thought I was a little woo woo but honestly it's been really helpful I will say that is one of the things that I've like started to do more this year not really because I always feel like journaling you had to like write like I this happened and that happened that's too much dear
1: Katie today was a day
0: It's like too much. So I just but like when I'm feeling really anxiety, I've started I always carry a notebook with me everywhere and I just will write like what I'm feeling, like in note style, just like or even words. They're not even sentences. Oh, They're just here's like
1: my notebook. But
0: here's mine. And I keep them and I have like one a year basically. And mm-hmm. it really I don't know. It really does help. I don't know what kind of like Jedi mind trick it does, but that it has been something that has helped or like before a big meeting, if I'm really nervous, like, I'll just like be like, okay, this is why I'm nervous or like, what is the worst that can happen kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Hopefully this helps someone out there. Uh, I would also like any t- tips or tricks that someone has. Cause yeah. I, well, I
1: think that the thing we didn't talk about that they talk about that you need to hear is also self-compassion. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: <laughs> something I could work
1: on. Um, i to
0: quote. Sorry, keep talking. I'm okay. not going to find this quote.
1: Because yeah. I do feel like there is like, you think, that, again, like this is not a problem we can necessarily like think our way out of or plan our way out of. Like these things exist, the stress exists, the expectations exist. Um, And you can't just entirely like opt out of like our society. Like that's just the reality of it. And so I think that kind of finding our balance is part of like what the challenge is. And so it's not all yes to one thing or all no to something else, but like what, what does feels like right to you? Like what, what, what's kind of like the right groove to be in um, that feels sustainable. And so like my journal is also like a bullet journal, but like, I'm not like a those gorgeous bullet journals that like women do that are just incredible all over Pinterest. I realized oh, that like whatever a- you
0: can't, I mean, Already, like journaling is good enough. We don't need to feel bad about how we journal.
1: (laughs) And I, I am praising them for their artistic expression that they use this for. I love it. Incredible. That wasn't going to work for me. (laughs) So I do like a little baby habit tracker where it's like, did, did I take my medicine in the morning? Like, did I go for a walk in the morning? Because I know that that's the thing that triggers my like serotonin hits to get my whole day right. That improves my sleep. That gets my anxiety. Whatever. All the things I know morning walk is like a a big part of it and so it's just like what what are the things that I know kind of like set me up for success and so like I only track like five things like it's not exhaustive list it's just like these are the core things that I know if I do these right I'm setting myself up for success Um, and when things go wrong I can usually tell it's because I haven't skipped some of these steps and so that has been useful for me. Uh, but it's also like a learning curve and like also like giving ourselves permission for it to change over time. Um, I think that that's like a real one for me um, where there are seasons in my life where like drinking is no problem. It doesn't bother me. Like I, it doesn't affect my sleep in any way. Like it feels like a way to kind of like a venue for fostering connection and there are seasons in my life where drinking triggers like my anxiety and that kind of like anxiety hangover that they talk about now too where it's like oh that this is not it for me like right now I'm not able to to do that in the same way without the same with the same like it's just too much um and so giving myself permission to kind of feel that out and be wrong every now and then sometimes you're just wrong and that's fucking fine it is
0: fucking fine <laughs> um well any last um did you thoughts? find the quote you were
1: looking for did i cut you off oh, yeah minutes? so you?
0: yeah the quote well it's just that the reason people re- resist self-compassion is that they're worried that if they stop beating themselves up they'll lose all motivation that they'll just sit around you know watching tv and you know eating lucky charms in a bowl full of bud light as she said. <laughs> um but I think that's hundred percent. Like why I struggle with it is because I feel like that's my motivation. And like, if I'm not tough on myself, then like shit's not going to happen. Um, and I, I really haven't really solved that. So it's a work in progress. Um, I know that like people say self-compassion is better and like, you'll be more productive that way, but like, it is so, I'm so not wired that way. And I'm so wired to be like, I mean, literally like, you know, they talk about the whip and like, how do you like move faster? And I'm like, I was raised by someone who worked in the racehorse industry. where like, literally you're like (laughs) jockeying the horse and moving forward. Like that is how I was like raised to be. And it is very difficult to break out of.
1: Yeah. And like also horses that failed literally got shot. So, Oh God. (laughs) Dire consequences. (laughs) Oh my God. Too far? Was that too much? Too far. It's so bad. Oh, boy.
0: Oh, goodness. On that note. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, so Burnout was great. I highly recommend checking out Come As You Are, though. I think, yeah. I, re- I, I don't know if it's okay to say this, but I do think that's my favorite of her two books.
1: I agree. <laughs> I think that's okay to say this. And I find that is not a knock on Burnout. I just find that Come As You Are was revelatory. Yes. Me. Come As You Are
0: should, like, honestly be required reading. hmm in high school I feel like I don't know maybe like I just feel like it's like the sex ed that we never got that we should have gotten as well truly
1: yeah don't show me Um, pictures of gonorrhea give me that book
0: (laughs) so what do we okay two things what are we doing next and then I always like to hear like a recommendation at the end of the show of like either what you're reading or watching or listening to
1: Okay. Um so what are we doing we had a whole list in yeah. our text exchange and so um I think Atomic Habits was on that list. Yeah. And then the we other one on that I was or like or, the, the body keeps the score thinking oh, about man. your hips.
0: That could also be great. I have read Atomic Habits but would love a refresher. I actually found that right. one pretty helpful. Um so I'd love to deep dive into it, but The Body Keeps the Score has also always been one I've like been interested in never read. So yeah. I don't know, I'm going to let you pick.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go to Body Keeps the Score because I also have read Atomic Habits and neither of us oh. have read Body Keeps the Score. So okay. I think it'll be nice to come in fresh with it.
0: Perfect. Let's do it. Um and then recommendations I just have to share with you. Tell me. That like what I've been reading lately. Have you read Colleen Hoover or heard about her on like book Talk? Oh
1: yeah, yeah, I've been on TikTok. I've heard of Colleen Hoover. Yes.
0: I'm obsessed with all her books. I've been like in a deep wormhole about reading everything. It's like Sarah Desson, but with like more emotional baggage. I don't know. we <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> will take you an emotional journey. It's so good. Their, her books are so good.
1: Um, I have heard wonderful things about her books, but I also am in a season of knowing myself and like, I cannot take the emotional baggage because if my pendulum swings too far in a direction, uh, what we just talked about, there's not enough 40 <laughs> watts to get me out of it. Um, So I've been reading... Um. Candace Cardi Williams wrote Queenie, and her sophomore novel just came out, and it's called People Person, um, and I've really been enjoying that um, book, and it's just been, like, a night, like, I loved Queenie. I thought that Queenie was, like, really great and, like, poignant, and, like, it was just a really well-constructed character that was, like, relatable, um, and then this is kind of, like, a similar um I can i can see her kind of emotional intelligence in her writing in the same way in people person but i'm only about halfway through um and the other thing i have been re- re- watching um it's been world cup season shout out to- oh my god
0: the game today i can't even i, know. I talk about an emotional burnout like right <laughs> yeah
1: i thought you' were gonna cancel this call <laughs> this podcast is being recorded on the day of the world Cup final. <laughs>
0: I will say, I my emotions feel very raw because that was just like I was. I'm a France supporter and fan, and so it was like that was a real roller coaster that they took us on. I mean, congrats to Messi, like amazing player. Right. They did a great job, but like there was just so much hope there at the end, and then to have that it was taken incredible away comeback. Was, the comeback was insane. I mean, yeah. Mbappe was. I've never seen anything like that. I think in sports, um, yeah. so. Yeah, it was it was a little bit of a gut punch, but yeah, you know, in four years it'll be in North America, and I'm really hoping that I can go to a game. So. Oh my gosh,
1: yes, uh, yeah, Qatar's a little tough on the travel budget. Um, so in the vein of soccer, like I'm a Ted Lasso fan, and then I found Wrexham um on Hulu, Ooh. and Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fame bought a British soccer team. Um, And it was a team that had been relegated to like the bottom tier of professional soccer in the UK. And it's Wrexham and Wales. And so they bought this team and they're trying to get that team back kind of up um, into the Premier League or the Championship League again. Um, And so it's like a documentary Mini series, Like there's a season one that's about their kind of experience buying the team kind of getting to know the town and like, it just made me really root for this team and like feel again like a real connection just like I grew up playing soccer like really enjoyed soccer but like as an adult it hasn't been as easy to kind of like follow in the US. And so now I feel like it's really having a Renaissance in a way that's really lovely. Um, And maybe not having a renaissance, maybe the renaissance has been happening and just kind of reaching me. And that's also fine, too. I'm going to practice self compassion and not beat myself up about it. (laughs) that was like a joyful show.
0: That's what a lovely... yeah thing to watch i um in terms of watching i just wrapped up season two of the white lotus which also took me on an emotional journey um highly recommend i don't know have you seen it
1: i have not seen season two yet i was waiting to binge it because i was like i can't be a weekly girly right now
0: (laughs) twitter was a flurry as i want to say there's some great tweets about it but as um... was
1: the gram as was tiktok
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh but no spoilers um because you need to just watch it in the vacuum
1: yeah Listen, Aubrey Plaza and Jennifer Coolidge is already enough to compel me.
0: <laughs> Fabulous cast. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll leave it there. This was just lovely to pick back up um, and we'll tune back in with The Body Keeps the Score Um, next time. Thanks all. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.